Episode 3, Who Are We? Black man, black woman, black boy, and black girl, you are Judah. From Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Judah, who's a part of the 12 tribes of Israel, that's you. You are Judah. In Genesis 49, Jacob is praying and prophesying over his 12 boys. He reaches Judah in verses 8 through 12. We learn that Judah is not only a, a praiser himself and a worshiper, but also is an object of praise from all his brothers, his family, and the world. Judah's hand would be in the back of the neck of his enemies, fleeing the foe, fleeing the slave masters, running from the police. Yeah. Judah will also give guidance and leadership. But at the same time, this will produce envy, jealousy, theft of gifts, and culture. Judah is a lion's whelp, young, strong, but despised. From the prey, Judah pulled apart, fragmented, taken into foreign lands, building the first Egypt, 430 years, and the symbolic Egypt here, 400 years. Judah will be brought down low, stretched upon his breast, in the belly of ships. And through this grave despair, Jacob says, my sons and my daughters, my lions and my lionesses, you're still strong. You're still powerful. You're still the tribe of Judah. Jacob asked him, like, who's going to get you out this mess, though? Who's going to save you? When are you going to wake up? No matter how deep the mess, no matter how far Judah comes away from God's word and his plans, Jacob tells Judah, the scepter, meaning the tribe of Judah, the 12 tribes of Israel, will remain who they are, and God would not forget them. The laws and the commandments shall be with them wherever they go on their journey. The first Egypt, the symbolic Egypt, the laws will never leave their feet, never leave their journey until Shiloh comes. Yeshua Jesus comes and gathers those who are obedient to his will, to his plans, to his laws. So this is the first part of the prophecy that Jacob is speaking over his boy, his boy Judah. And you would think, okay, once he talks about, you know, Jesus coming, that's it. That should be pretty much the end of the prophecy. But no, he goes on. It's like he sees something else and he has to speak what he sees over his son. So let's finish the last two verses that Jacob is speaking over Judah. Genesis 49, 11 through 12. Binding his foal into the vine and his ass's colt into the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. So what is Jacob saying here? To go deeper, we have to understand, okay, what is Jacob seeing now? Binding his foal means beside his male young Son, male young ass is what the Hebrew lexicon defines this as, into the vine. And this vine here is defined as a poisonous gourd. So 
next to his young son is a poisonous vine. And we know that poison leads to death. Sons of the prophets made pottage from a wild vine with wild or poisonous gourds. Elisha blessed it and stopped the pot of death. So here, Jacob is saying, I see my young sons next to a vine that's poisonous. What's poisonous? The things of Egypt, their liquor, their alcohol, the strange women, the drugs, the guns, the violence. This is what Jacob is seeing. And he goes on, and his asses colt into the choice vine. And this asses here means a female. Colt here means a son, a male child from a woman. Into the choice vine, wine stalk yielding the richest variety. So now he's saying, my young sons are next to a poisonous vine. They're intermingling with poisonous things. Now his woman's son is into a choice vine, yielding the richest variety, meaning making others rich. We saw that in the first Egypt as they built brick by built for Pharaoh. The second Egypt symbolically brought on the Atlantic slave trade here to the United States. We built everything for free. Built so much that trillions of dollars is owed to us for what our ancestors did in building this nation. In 1860, there were more millionaire slave holders in lower Mississippi Valley than all of the United States. That same year, four million black slaves were worth $3.5 billion dollars making that particular area just that area the largest single financial asset in the entire US economy the woman's son yielding the richest variety making others rich not only that but there was slave breeding taking place and what they would do is they would find the fertile black woman and mate her with as many men as, she, as they could just to produce more slaves to fill labor shortages. So if they had a need and needed more laborers, come on, get the woman out there, let her start mating with more of the black slaves, black male slaves to produce more slaves. Isn't that crazy? But it's the truth. This is the history. This is what we're learning. This is what they did to us, Judah. It is estimated that $1.4 trillion to $8.4 trillion is owed to our ancestors and what they did in building this nation. Binding his foal, his young son, into the poisonous vine, the liquor, the alcohol, the strange women, the drugs, the guns, the violence, and his, the woman's son, that black woman's son, being used to make everybody rich but themselves. We can also see this in our sports teams, in our films and television, in our music industry. Yes, our artists have been blessed to make a lot of money 
from uh, from their from their from their gifts, but they're not making the most money. The producers, the owners of the sports team, the NFL owners are making the most money. The television producers and those that are owning the studios, those are making the most money. The music industry, the actual record producers, the ones that owns the actual um, studios and things, those are the ones that are making the most actual most money. That's why, you know, you know, Prince, who is a prolific musician, had to write Slave on his forehead. As talented as Prince was, he had to write Slave on his forehead because he did not have control of his of his gift. He was being used, manipulated. They were making so much money off of his gift. He was like, wait a minute, this is insane. I got to get out of here. I cannot live and work like this. Michael Jackson, when he died, his will was changed. And basically, his children could not get any of his, his, his wealth until $400 million was paid out to attorneys and everybody else, binding his foal into the vine and his asses cold into the choice vine, are young men intertwined with a poisonous gourd and the black woman's son, yielding the yieldless variety, making others rich. Jacob goes deeper. He says he washed his garments in wine. Washed here means walked on or stepped on beat with feet. Garments here means woman's clothing. Strong concordance says wife. Wine intoxication. Physical and mental control is diminished. So now Jacob is saying, I see our young men walking on, stepping on, our women with intoxication. Jacob is seeing all of this. The alcohol, the things of Egypt consuming us things we should have never ever taken a part of. And so when there's something that we're not supposed to be taken a part of or something we're not accustomed to, it's gonna affect us differently. It's gonna hurt us. And so Jacob is seeing this. He says, now you're washing your garments in wine. You're stepping on, you're walking on, you're beating with your feet, your wife, your women in intoxication. In 2009, the incarceration rate among black males was 6.7 times that of white males. 2.6 times of Hispanic males. Substance abuse in African-American males leads to higher mortality rates, high rates of alcohol-related problems, more likely to be victims of crimes and HIV-AIDS. Stats show that African-American inmate population in federal prisons increased more than 500% between 1986 and 2004. 80% of the incarcerated adults in the United States have a history of involvement with alcohol or illicit drugs. 90% of people who are incarcerated will return to communities and families located primarily in poor urban and rural areas. Each year, 600,000 adult offenders and 100,000 juvenile offenders return to these communities and families. According to 2010 National Survey on Drug Use and Health, 20.3 million adults had substance abuse disorders. One in eight Americans have significant problems with drugs or alcohol, and 45% have recurring mood and anxiety disorders. Alcohol is the most commonly abused drug. 
Alcohol abuse affects the adolescent brain. It impairs neuroplasticity, decreases problem solving, verbal and nonverbal retrieval, and visual-spatial skills. Research studies showed a direct correlation between substance abuse and crime in adolescence and early adulthood. The majority of violent acts involve alcohol, drug use, or both. 2010 NSDUH report compared the national average of adolescents from the ages of 12 through 17. Black adolescents had lower rates of cigarette use of 5.8 versus the 10.2% national average and alcohol use of 10.5 versus the 16.0 national average. My concern is why are we even in this stat? We should not be partaking into the things of what Egypt is actually doing. This is what Jacob saw. Factors such as low self-esteem, low family pride, deviant peer associations, family history of alcohol and drugs abuse increases the chances of substance abuse in African Americans. In the U.S., one quarter to one third of black men will be incarcerated at some time in their life. I say the devil is a lie. The U.S. Census Bureau reports that as of July 1, 2016, around 13% of the American population was black or African American. And even though African Americans make up an ethnic minority in the United States, the black community struggles with substance abuse and problems related to alcohol and drugs in high rates. The National Survey on Drug Use and Health publishes that approximately 43.5% of African-American adults ages 12 and older currently drink alcohol. At their time of the 2013 survey, and 7.4% struggle with alcohol addiction. My concern, why are our babies, why are our young men, why are our young boys, our young kids even participating or drinking at such an early age? I'm telling you, Jacob saw this. New York Times reports that close to 60% of the U.S. prison population is African American. This alone should make you weep and cry. Because the prison population or the prisons is, is a second form of slavery. From what they abolished, you know, the slavery here, um, this is the new slavery. Keeping our black and brown in change, in bondage. Environmental and socioeconomic factors may play a role in problematic drinking, as African Americans more commonly live in poverty, have less education, and are more likely to be employed, unemployed than European Americans. Young African American men who are economically disadvantaged have the most problems with alcohol and problematic drinking within this demographic. African American neighborhoods may have a higher sense a density of establishments selling alcohol within their borders, thereby increasing access to it. Oh, we know it's a fact. We can go into any urban area and neighborhood that we can see liquor stores pretty much on every corner. Access to alcohol is everywhere. Just pay attention. It's strategic. It is also possible that African Americans may potentially experience heightened effect, heightened, heightened, sorry, effects of alcohol when drinking less. This means that even when drinking the same amount or even less than someone of a different ethnicity, African Americans may become intoxicated 
faster and experience added negative side effects of alcohol more quickly because we're not supposed to participate in it at all. We're not supposed to consume it. It's not what our bodies can even handle because it's, it's foreign to us. Researchers insist that although alcohol may be a catalyst for violence, intimate partner violence itself stems from other social problems, and the substance abuse has to be seen as the overlap of two separate social problems. Jacob, he saw this in Judah. University of Texas Houston Public Health study found that rates of intimate partner violence were twice as high for blacks and Hispanics compared to whites. Also found that frequent or heavy drinking increased violence for all three groups, but especially for blacks, both male to female and female to male violence. The study found a consistent pattern that violent incidents are especially likely to occur in black couples when the perpetrator is a frequent or frequent heavy drinker. So Jacob is saying you're walking on, you're stepping on your women with this intoxication, with this wine. And the stats show for itself. Our men are in prison. Our men are constantly consumed by alcohol. It's just an irrefutable fact. Liquor stores on every corner. Again, to take us away from our focus, our God, who we're supposed to be, who we are, taking away our strength, taking away our stamina. They even marketed this alcohol and liquor to our, our black men. Malt liquor, like Colt 45, they first started off with a seven ounce malt liquor. Then it went to eight ounces. Then went to 16 ounces. Then it went to 24. Then they went to 40 ounces. And the total intent was for, for, for the black man to consume that entire 40 ounce in one setting. This, that's what their objective was. They started from seven ounces to eight to 16 to 24 to 40 ounces, all to be consumed at one time, taking us away from our righteousness. So our women are being stepped on with intoxication. It's noted that 72% of African-American births are born out of wedlock, meaning our women are uncovered. Men, where are you? Black men, what are you doing? Woe to them that rise up early in the morning for strong drink and continue into night until wine inflames them. The harp, the tamarind, the flute, and the wine, and, and in their feasts. But they regard not the work of Yah, neither consider the works of his hands. Woe to them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mix strong drink, which justify wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him or take away the rights of the innocent and righteous from him. All of these things are just sidetracks. They're just things to take us away from who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. Our black men should be covering that black woman and covering the children of that home, protecting them, praying over them. But they can't because they're so consumed with the things of Egypt, the symbolic Egypt. Again, the liquor, the alcohol. Jacob saw this. He says, I see, 
our young sons next to a poisonous vine, a poisonous gourd that's going to lead to death. Death. And I see his ass's colt, the woman's son, next to a choice vine, yielding the richest variety, meaning making others rich. And then now he says, I see that you're walking on, you're stepping on your women with intoxication. And we know what the scripture says, what wine does. And he goes on, he says, and his clothes and the blood of grapes. And the blood of grapes here is talking about the blessing of Jacob. And so he said, not only are you walking on your women with intoxication, but you're walking on the blessing that your father is given, is going to give to you. The blessing of Jacob that he's blessing upon you. You're walking upon that. Judah, you're taking your covering and you're walking on, you're stepping on the blessing of your father, causing death, causing bloodshed, drops of blood to pour out from his people due to not covering your wife, not covering your family, but you're covering it. You're covering yourself. You're covering your family with the things of, of Egypt, the intoxication of Egypt, not abiding by the laws of God. The alcohol, the drugs, the strange women, the idols, the sins, the ways of Egypt. That, that's what put the Israelites in slavery and bondage for 430 years with Moses. And now we're in the new symbolic Egypt. It's 400 years and we're doing the exact same thing. If you look at our people, look at our families, we're broken. 70% 70, 70 of black babies are coming out without a mother and a father. Like, what are we thinking? We have to get back to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and follow his laws and his precepts. That's why he was so keen. That's why the Levitical laws and, and the Mosaic laws and what Moses had, had had the people doing was so important and so imperative because we knew that we get so caught up in other things. We get into disobedience and we forget everything we've been taught. Everything that God has, has promised to us, the blessings and all that, will come and overtake us. But we first have to follow after him and obey him. My people are gone into, into captivity to their enemies because they have no knowledge. Or without knowing it, they have no knowledge of their God. That's why we get into this mess. Because we completely forget who we are. We completely forget who our God is. And he is looking for his children to do what he's told them to do. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Their honorable men are famished and their people are parched with thirst. Isaiah 5. Judah, we're to produce in the likeness of our father. We are to produce good fruit, stable homes, a stable family. We should not be partaking in the things of this world. I don't care if everyone else is doing it. We're not supposed to partake of it. We're not supposed to be too connected to a poisonous vine that's killing and destroying our men, destroying our families. We should, you know, we should not be, you know, using our, our talents and, 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 our, and our giftings to make others, others rich and not pouring it back into our communities and making our entire nation, the entire Israelite nation, rich and powerful. Verse 12, his eyes shall be red with wine. And his teeth white from milk. Eyes here is his landscape. Again, journey, affliction, outward appearance, color. Shall be red with wine. A dark or dull. Here it goes again from intoxication. His eyes 
his journey will be dark and dull from intoxication. Proverbs 21 and 17. He that loves wine and oil should not be rich, meaning it shall not grow. Yes, grow spiritually, grow in the things of God. You may obtain the wealth here of this world, but that's not what God is looking at. Riches here means growth, spiritual growth. His eyes should be red with wine, his journey. His outward appearance, his color, his affliction should be red with wine, dark or dull from intoxication. His teeth, white from milk. We know teeth is the tooth of man. If you were to um, die in a fire, we all know that how they would identify you is by your teeth. So your teeth is your, is, your, is your mark. They can understand who you are by your teeth. But also here, and teeth also means ivory and ivory commerce because uh, as slaves, whoever needed teeth, they literally would go in and take the teeth out of the slaves and give it to the slave master if he needed teeth. Ask George Washington. That's what he did. He needed some dentures. And so in order for him to get some dentures for him to eat, he's, he took, yes, he took his t teeth from one of his slaves. And that's how they made his dentures. So ivory, teeth, ivory. Ivory Coast, Ghana. That's where we were sold. Also, when they sold us as slaves in the Ivory Coast of Ghana, they also sold the elephant's teeth, which was ivory as well. Jacob is seeing all of this. There's no doubt who we are. If we search the scriptures, we will find who we are. And that's a key thing. They don't want us to know this because they don't want us to get here and, and spend time researching and studying the scriptures. They don't want us to do that. White from milk. And we know here in wonderful symbolic Egypt, cow's milk gets your teeth really white. And everyone says, you know, telling the children, drink your milk, drink your milk. But guess what, Israelites, we did not drink cow's milk. We drunk primarily goat's milk and then some sheep milk but we did not drink no cow's milk white from milk white of teeth from milk here in this symbolic Egypt our teeth are white because we're drinking the cow's milk to make your teeth white but also to the lex the Hebrew lexicon defines uh, white uh, from milk here as as also from making clay so we know we built the first Egypt and then we built the United States. It says white from making clay. Jacob saw all of this. Hebrews 5.13 Everyone that feeds on milk is unskilled and unlearned in the laws of righteousness. He is a babe. So God doesn't want us feeding on no milk. No, he wants us to get on the meat. He wants us to get on substance. He wants us to get on the truth of his word. He wants us to live in righteousness, to get away from the, the vines, the poisonous vines, to get away from making other people, other people rich and, and begin to pour into our communities and pour into our people and make them rich, to make them wake up and understand, hey, there's a gift, there's a calling inside of you. Forget about what you see on the internet. It's, it's all smoke and mirrors. What's truth is what you can make out of your life right now. And God, the Most High, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, wants to make something great out of all of our lives. We are special. We are important. And it's time you understand who you are. His eyes should be red with wine. His landscape, his journey should be 
Ooh, shall be red with wine, dark or dull from intoxication, and his teeth white from milk. The Ivory Coast, commerce, been used, been sold with elephants, ivory. Our teeth used to help our slave owners eat their food properly. Ridiculous. White from milk, the cow's milk, making clay, building, 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 and building. Hebrews 5.13, everyone that feeds on milk is unskilled and unlearned in the laws of righteousness. It's time to come back to righteousness. Yes, righteousness is not going to look nice and pretty because we're so entangled to what everybody else is doing. But it's not about them. It's about who we are and where we want to go. And judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. So whose side are you going to be leaning on? Joel 3, it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine and the hills shall flow with milk and all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters and a fountain shall come forth out of the house of Elohim and shall water the valley of Shittim Egypt shall be a desolation and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land Judah shall dwell forever and Israel from generation to generation for I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed for Yah dwelleth in Zion so our time is coming redemption is coming payback is coming to everyone that did us wrong everyone that treated us as if we were nothing, that we are worth nothing because of our skin is a certain color. And the reason why our skin is a certain color because we're identified by the same color who Yeshua is. Skin as bronze. Our skin is as bronze. Our skin is beautiful. We were taught to hate our skin, but to hate our skin is to say we hate Jesus. Jesus is the same skin as, 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 as I am. I truly need to understand that the darker you are, the more beautiful that you are. Because you're closer to what Jesus looks like. You are beautiful in every single way. Judah, God is going to restore us. But it's time to lay aside all of this, this stuff of this, the, this world, the alcohol, the drugs, the violence, the guns. It's time to wake up from our slumber. Jacob saw all of this. He saw everything. And he defined us to a T. The stats prove he defined us to a T. But Yah is saying, I am ready to forgive your sins. I'm ready to heal your souls. I'm here to repair your hearts. God says, I want to make you whole again. I want to restore you. You are the chosen. And everyone knows this truth except us. This is why Truth Wars is here to let you know that you are the chosen people of the most high. Black and brown man, woman, girl, boy. You are the chosen. You are Judah. From the Atlantic slave trade, you were dropped here. You are from the tribe of Judah. Go look at old maps. Keep finding until you find those old maps. And you will see Judah. When Judah was in the western part of Africa, Judah was sold, not Ham. 
Ham is the African descent. And we will discuss that in other episodes. Ham sold Judah to Japheth. It's very important to understand that. But God is going to vindicate us. He is going to vindicate us. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. If you have questions or comments, or if you disagree with us, please, we're here to learn as well. Email us at info at truthwars.com. We don't claim to know everything, but we seek the God who knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you free. Truth roars. Truth